Wednesday night deep dive. Uh, everybody online, we welcome you. We appreciate you being with us, whether you're here tonight or tomorrow or the next day. We really, really appreciate you. Uh, let's uh, uh, open with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this great church. Thank you for this city. Thank you for this Wednesday night deep dive that we do and for everybody that attends online and in person here. Lord, grant me uh, great mercy to be able to teach this. And Lord God, grant us great mercy to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' name we said, amen, amen and amen, amen. I want you to turn in your Bibles or your phones, either one, uh, turn to John chapter 12 and then you can find Matthew chapter 9 if you like. John chapter 12, Matthew chapter 9. We're in a, a series, a, a bigger series, uh, about citizens of the kingdom. And we're doing a, a subtitle here these last several weeks called Healthy Church. And uh, we've been using the book, Autopsy of a Deceased Church. And um, a gentleman took, uh, I believe it was 12 churches, Pastor, 14 churches, and uh, that were dying, and he did an autopsy on them. And um, uh, pastor's been taking a, a chapter of the a chapter title from that book, and and doing a teaching on it every Wednesday. So um, I picked chapter two of uh, autopsy of a deceased church, and the title is slow erosion. Um, a church never dies overnight. Now, let me, let me clarify something. We are in no way, shape, or form bringing this series to you because our church is in bad shape. We're not. Um, we, we, in fact, we're doing this because our church is in a growing mode. Our church is very healthy. It's alive. It's growing. It's prospering. Um, and this is the good time. You know, if I, if I go into my doctor and, and he says, you got a clean bill of health, start doing things stupid. He, he would never do that. So that's, that's why we're bringing this. So uh, uh, in the chapter title, Slow Erosion, he points out that a church dies over a period of years. Uh, it never dies overnight. It takes years. In fact, it can take several generations for a church to go from vibrant and healthy into what we would call a dead church. So here's, here's what I'm learning, especially at my age. Uh, I go into the doctor, I get a checkup, and he does one of these. First bad sign is when your doctor does this. Yeah. Second bad sign is when he looks at his notes. And third bad sign is when he looks up and goes, yeah. And at my age, I'm learning I would rather do the preventative things than to hear the bad news at the end of something that's, that's already begun. In fact, a pastor and I were talking about it today, and I said, I wish when I was younger I had taken better care of my health. Everybody my age wishes that they would have, except David, he looks good, you know. <laughs> For a man in 92, he looks really, really good, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, we all know that the church isn't a building. A church is individuals. It's made up as individuals. So 
um, it takes individuals to make a congregation and it takes individuals to keep a church healthy. And um, so I want you to hear me tonight as an individual. There's a lot of times that um, preachers get accused of, uh, hey, I think you were singling me out tonight. That's never happened to you, has it? Yeah. I think you were singling me out. Um, and we go, no, no, we're just giving what, what the Lord says to give. Let me clarify something. I am singling you out tonight. There is no doubt in your mind I am talking about you. As an individual, this is not a group message. I'm talking to you tonight. So if you go, I wonder if he's talking to me. Yes, he's talking to you, okay? So now watch this. I'm just going to, this might be quick, might not be, uh, but I just want to share five things that each individual, an individual can simply do to make your church healthy. They're simple, they're easy, they're, you're, when you hear them, you're gonna go, well, that's just a reasonable thing to do. So as an individual, if you want to see your church healthy, these are the five simple things you can do. Number one, we'll just jump right into it. In everything we do, just simply magnify Jesus. It's, it's, that's what we should be doing as a church, as a Christian, right? Look at, look at um, uh, John chapter 12. I told you to go there, didn't I? John chapter 12, look at verse number, let's go to 32. Now watch this. Um, Jesus said, uh, John 12, 32, and if I, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Now, note why he's saying this. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. So he's not saying, if you lift me up, I'll draw men. Here's what he's saying. If I'm lifted up, if I'm crucified, I am going to draw all mankind to me, okay? Theologians call it prevenient grace. Uh, Prevenient grace is simply this. When Adam lost the Holy Spirit, prevenient grace says God left that little bit of the Holy Spirit in mankind that would draw them toward God. And when Jesus was lifted up on the cross, he began that process of calling all mankind to himself. But watch this. Now watch. I want to show you something here. Um, uh, Turn over to 2 Corinthians. I believe I told you a different scripture, but just go to 2 Corinthians um, chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians 5. We should know this one by heart. This is one of the pastor's favorite ones. Now, now watch this. Right now, Jesus is supernaturally calling to all mankind. Will all of them say yes? No. But he's still calling to them. So every human being on the face of the earth is being drawn by the Holy Spirit to acknowledge Jesus Christ. Now watch this. So... He's drawing mankind, but mankind identifies him through the ambassadorship of Christians. So it's, it's a hand-in-hand ministry. Jesus said, I'm going to supernaturally draw them, 
but you're going to give them that message as my ambassadors. Look at, um, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse number 16. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. I mean, the day you got saved, you need to be able to look in the mirror and say, you are a different human being. You are completely changed. Listen, you are capable of anything. I remember uh, years ago, um, I looked in the mirror and right in here was a red mark. And I'm like, what in the world is that? So I shaved and I went on about my business. I got up the next morning and it was bigger. And I'm like, that's odd. And I went on about my business. The next morning, it started to look not good. Okay? And I said, I just, in the name of Jesus, no. Right? This went on for about two weeks. I got up one morning. It was worse than it had ever been. And I looked in the mirror, and I'm telling you what, an anger rose up in me. And I said, you are not who you were. You are a child of the king of the universe. And I demand, oh, I was mad, man. I was so stinking mad. How dare. I mean, how dare. Got, and went on about my business. Next morning, it was gone. Never came back. You see? You are not who you were before you got saved, okay? Now watch this, watch this. Therefore, from now on, from the day you got saved, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we no longer know him in this way. We knew, he's saying, we knew Jesus and we don't acknowledge him the way he was before his resurrection. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely... That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word or the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. What a handle. Amen. You know, what do you do for a living? I'm an ambassador. Huh? Yeah. What do you do for a living? I'm an ambassador for Christ. Yeah. yeah, that's a big deal. So Jesus is supernaturally drawing mankind. All we got to do is just magnify him. Watch this, watch this. Every time we speak the name of Jesus, we magnify him above everything on the earth. Magnify means what? Make something bigger. Make something bigger. Now watch this. When we speak the name of Jesus in any conversation, we magnify the Lord over the conversation topic that we were just talking about. 
Are you getting this? You know, I've, I've, been, I've been waiting for an opportunity just to inject Jesus in the conversation. Well, you can always say, praise the Lord, you know? You can always say, you know what, Emily? I remember a situation I was in that like that. And here's what Jesus did for me. You begin to magnify him. That's ambassadorship, you see? What? I mean, you speak the name of Jesus over your house. You speak it over your city. You speak it over your church. You speak it over everyone that you see. You tell him, tell people he's good. You tell people he's kind. You tell people he changed my... You want to know what makes me take medicine? I get on Facebook, okay? And there's somebody on there boo-hooing about life. They're a Christian, okay? Yesterday, they was praising the Lord because he's so good to them. Today, I don't know what I'm going to do. Everything is a ruin. I think God must hate me, blah, 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 blah. What they're doing is trying to coerce somebody reading it to come and meet their need. Mm -hmm. Pity, pity, pity. Yep. Sound like Gomer Powell when you said that. (laughs) So God miraculously meets their need. And the next day they're on Facebook going, praise the Lord. He's so good. People aren't listening to that. I mean, goodness sake. Give them the, y'all know what the outstanding testimony is, don't you? I've given it to you before. The outstanding, here's the outstanding testimony, John. Hi, Ted. Hi. How's life? Outstanding, man. I'm telling you. Uh, God has been so good to me. Magnify one. I didn't preach to him. God's been good to me. Oh, how's Jody? Man, she is outstanding. Standing. You know that woman gets prettier every day. I think God just blessed me with a pretty wife. That's two. How's work? Outstanding. You know what? They treat me so good down there. I believe it's just a favor of God. Amen. Magnify number three. It's not that hard, you know? It's very simple just to magnify God wherever we go, you see? Okay, here's, here's number two. You like that one? I got another one for you. Here's number two. We need to be radiant with the presence of God. Here's, here's a secret about church growth, okay? Having a resolve to work hard as a church will never build your church. It doesn't work. It don't work. We could have sermons on work hard. We could have sermons on this. We could have classes on this. The only thing that'll build a healthy church is people that radiate with the presence of the Holy Spirit. You see? Moses goes up into the mountain. Aaron says, I'll take care of business. Moses is going to meet with God. Aaron is going to take care of business down here. He had a resolve. I will take care of this thing. Moses comes back with the radiance of God shining from his face just simply because he met with God. Aaron's got a golden calf and a rebellion on his hands. Huh? Determining to work hard is never going to make a healthy church. Have you ever... You're facing a tough situation and... 
I'm just going to get away from everybody. I'm going in the bedroom. I'm going to pray for a little bit. You go in there and immediately the presence of God kind of just floods in. And, and 15 minutes later, you come out and you're going, it's going to be all right. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You're, you're sh- reflecting, you're shining yeah. the presence of God. Now, what would happen if every day or almost every day, I know times are busy, but you just spent enough time with God to where you got a little bit of radiation yeah. coming from you all the time just you got some peace coming from you you got some joy coming from you here's something the world needs right now you got some confidence radiating from you it'd be okay god's good yeah testimony number four (laughs) you see um so um if if we if we meet with god often Shine with the glory of me. And I'm like, watch this, watch this. So I'm spending time with God. I'm not crying. I'm not abasing myself. I'm not, you know, I'm not beating myself up. I'm not telling God, Here, here's my sins, because you probably don't know about them. You know what I mean? All that stuff. And, 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 and listen to the enemy going, you're not worthy to pray. Well, so what? I can and you can't. So there, nanny nanny boo boo, you know. So, so pretty soon, time spent with it. Just spend time with God. Yeah, we can pray and we can read. Spend time with God. Pretty soon, we're going to be carrying confidence, joy, uh, uh, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Uh, courage, all these things. Do you know what they call that? The anointing. Come on. They call that the anointing. Man, if we would walk around in public, in the church, under the anointing, you see? And it's just as simple as spending time with God. Moses showed us how to do it. You see, John Wesley, we've all heard the quote, when a church is on fire, people come to see it burn. Yeah, yeah here's, here's three more. You'll like these. Here's one. A cold church is like cold butter. It just won't spread. <laughs> How about this? A church that isn't reaching out is passing out. It'll do it. And here's, here's what I want. After... After I go to be with the Lord, I want people to say, boy, I miss him. I miss his smile. I miss his confidence. I miss his teaching. I I want that. Instead of having a party and ding dong, the witch is dead type thing. You you know what I mean? Um, Because here's, here's what I believe. Even after death... The radiance of God is the ability to let your light shine even after your fuse is blown. Amen. You know? Amen. Man. So how do I do it? Just simply stay in the presence of God. Just get, if you got 10 minutes, get in there for 10 minutes. You know, if you got an hour, don't cut it short and go watch TV. Just, 
you know, stay with him. Uh, George Peters writes this. People will be drawn to the warmth of God's fire within us, even though they may not be able at first to name its source. We must continually stoke the fire as we are transformed by the presence of Christ within us through prayer, through the word, through deeper sensitivities of the Holy Spirit and learning to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. It's simple. It's our reasonable duty. Just spend time with God. Here's the third thing. And this is the third thing we can do as individuals to build a healthy church. Be moved by compassion for people and not maintenance for the church. The the, um, church guard, if we were in the Old Testament time, we would look at Bob, take him out and string him up. No. (laughs) Bob would have been a temple guard. That's what he does here. You know, we don't have to worry about the building because we have people that is called and anointed to do that. You see, um, I, could, I could see something wrong with the building and go, yeah, look at that, and go on about my business. Bob won't sleep. Yep. <laughs> He'll be back at midnight tearing out a wall or something. So we got good people, called people that will do that. But watch this, watch. Here, here, here's the truth. A congregation that is fed a steady stream of information, and that's, that's harvest, man. You guys get a lot of information. A congregation that's fed a steady stream of information that keeps it to themselves grows weaker all the time. Hmm? It will. If, if we're not doing what we're learning, we're going to be so Bible smart and we're going to be absolutely weak. You can, you can feed somebody the perfect diet, and if they don't get up and move, their limbs will die off, their health will decline, and pretty soon you'll have to force feed them. Here's, um, uh, now go to Matthew chapter 9. Um, here, we're, we're supposed to have the heart and the mind of Jesus, Amen. Here's here's what motivated him. Here's his heart, and here is the mind of Christ. Look at Matthew 9, verse number 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, Bob's favorite passage, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Here's the truth. The harvest is plenty. It is so plentiful. Man, you look at some of this stuff, and, you know, we talked about this 
several weeks ago, we say, oh, this generation can never be saved. It's what they said about my generation. I mean, this generation looks worse than my generation, but listen, we was making up evil stuff as we went. You know what I'm saying? Um, and they said we could never be saved. And then the Jesus freak movement happened and we, we got on board, man. We got on board. And we became one of the greatest revivals in history. Jesus said, where evil abounds, grace much more will abound. We're, listen, it's going to be tough. Um, you'll probably get a letter about this. If the world is getting eviler, if that's a word, eviler, then that means the grace of Jesus Amen. is getting more abundant. That's right. You see? That's right. Yeah. And that means because he was lifted up, he's drawing them to him. They're just waiting for an ambassador. Come on. You see? Waiting for an ambassador. It worked for us. We, we grew up in a generation of guilt. We didn't go to church and my mother said, God's going to kill you for that. <laughs> she did. Yeah. She, she didn't know God. I didn't know God, but I knew he was going to kill me for it, for, for whatever it was, you know. We were, we were a generation of guilt. So the guilt message worked on us. We, we were fine-tuned for that. When the preacher said, y'all going to go to hell, we believed it because we grew up with that kind of stuff. This generation needs a message of love, of understanding. They need to see a commitment. They, they don't need to see us boohooing on Facebook. Come on. You see? Come on. So, so now, now watch this. Watch, watch. Um, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And that's the truth. The workers are very, very few. And if we just simply do these things, we're workers. Yep. We're out there. We're doing it. So, um, so number one, just magnify the Lord wherever you go. Praise the Lord. Huh? Let's praise the Lord. Um, we do a thing, sometimes we go to a restaurant, the waitress will come over to get her order and before she leaves, we'll say, hey, we're going to pray over our meals or anything, anything at all, we can pray for you. Nine times out of 10, yeah, they'll tell you something. Well, you can pray for my brother or, or this or that. And we, it's easy, just magnify the Lord. Number two, stay in the presence of the Lord till we shine. If you stay in his presence long enough, you'll have to tell somebody something. You know, it'll just come out of you. Um, we, we, we tell uh, uh, people about uh, Mazian River. How, how many know who Mazian River is? You know why you know that? Because we don't shut up about them, you know? Our, our grandchildren, I, I said to Jody one time, I said, I think they live with us and they just visit their parents once in a while. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> But we spend so much time with them, we know them, and we radiate them. Do that with, with God, you see. 
And third, seek the Lord to be moved by compassion for people. Look at them and say, Lord, I need to have compassion on them. I need to care for them. I need to reach them. Number four, a healthy church must be purpose-driven and not chance-driven. Go up to Acts chapter number two. Acts chapter number two. Um, Sunday is a good place to be. Last Sunday was phenomenal, wasn't it? I mean, just, just great. Um, anyone can come. Anybody. Anybody in the world can come into this church. And, and it's a good place to come. I mean, we, we, have, we have phenomenal worship. Huh? Yeah. Amen. yeah. We, we have great nursery. Mm-hmm. Professional nursery. We have powerful messages from the word of God. We hear the truth in this place. So this church is a great place to come and to enjoy. But listen, there's a thinking strategy behind every Sunday sermon. Your Sunday this week started on Monday behind the veil, behind behind the scenes. You see, with the worship team and the message and, and the prayer people. Um, the, the church, or the early church grew and was healthy because of two vital elements, an outpouring and an outline. Hmm? Watch this, watch. Here, here's what the outpouring that founded the church looked like. Acts 2, 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. That was the outpouring that birthed to the church. Here's what there, now let me stress this, here's, here's what their outline looked like. Look at verse number uh, 40. Let's go to 42. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. They began selling their property and possessions. They started to build the church. Uh, Verse 46, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, in the church, breaking bread from house to house. And they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day, those who were being saved. Now watch this. Two biblical truths we need to understand. No church will ever be healthy without an outpouring. It's what makes us the church. But no church will ever be healthy without an outline. Our outline might not look like the church across the road and their outline. God's going to give us our own outline. 
But here's, here's my point. Get in with the outline. Get involved. I mean, it's, it's nice to come here and to worship. You can have the nursery. You know, you can have fellowship. The church is here for you. But it's even richer when you can say to the pastor, what's, what's my part in the outline? What can I do? Where can I be useful and help this church to be very, very healthy? Have I said anything yet that is too hard to do? It kind of seems like our reasonable duty, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like everything we just should be doing anyway. Now, real quick here, turn to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23. Here's the, uh, here's the fifth thing. A healthy church takes breakthrough generosity. Listen to this. Scott Hagen, senior pastor of Harvest Church in California, he and his wife planted a church over 20 years ago with about six people, and it's a very large church now, and he writes this. This past year, I declared war against the mindset of financial mediocrity that has settled on much of the church. The mindset which has convinced many of a deception. It's a lie which says that only a small percentage of the church will ever tithe. God has called us to reach the whole world. This will only happen when the whole church brings the whole tithe into the storehouse of God. Listen, listen to what Jesus said. Matthew 23, verse number 23. He said this. He said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. Somebody said, all the church wants is my money. Tonight, I want you to run over to Walmart. I want you to grab a box of donuts Go to the door, yell, I'm not paying for this, and run. You're going to find out that all Walmart wants is your money. Okay? You can come in and out of this church every day of the week and never give a dime, and we will do nothing but love you and keep you here and help take care of you. Sitting about us. And this is about you. You see, I, I was telling pastor today, I, I knew uh, a gal, that her husband, he wasn't a Christian. And uh, he used to call offering time at the church, the, the church mafia session, you know, give us your money. <laughs> um, what if the church had enough money already, but you didn't? Hmm? Yeah. What about that? What if your reasonable duty, and you can't say that whole law thing because uh, Abraham tithes 430 years before the law ever came into effect. I mean, that's just, that's just the deal. Um, 
what if your reasonable duty was just to be so committed to the health of the church that you would say, this is, this is my act before God Amen. to bless the church and make it healthy. Huh? Yes. And we talk about, uh, listen, I'm a walking testimony. God's taking care of me. He has taken care of me. And, and I, man, I learn more and more and more about the blessings of tithing all the time. And, and here's, you know, a lot of people that, well, I tried tithing and then something bad happened. My car broke down. Well, you had just set yourself up to get it paid for. And then you quit. I remember I got attacked. Remember that, Pastor? I got it. I've always, I've said for years, I never lived off my job. I lived off my tithing, you know, and God supplied me with good jobs, you know. And man, Jody and I got attacked. She said, what are we going to do? I said, I'm running to the church. <laughs> I'm going to go see the big guy. So I came in. I told him what was going on. And I said, something needs to be done. And we prayed. And it was a simple prayer of faith. It was God said, did you know, have you ever went to somebody and said, I got to remind you of something you promised me. Have you ever done that? God says, do that. He said, I want you to do that. Come to me and say, I want to remind you of what you said. And that's what we simply did. Um, And God took us from the place we were before the attack cleared up the attack within a week and put us from here to here. You see? That's God's promise. That's what he does, okay? Our reasonable service to him is to keep the church healthy. It's ours. You see? It's ours. Um, and again, this isn't about the church. This is, this is about you. Can you imagine how healthy we could keep this church if you, now I'm just talking to you. I'm not talking to the whole group. I'm just talking to you as an individual. So I want you to say right now, is he talking about me? Yes. Okay. Think how healthy this church would be if you, Magnify God everywhere you went. Huh? Think about that. If you stayed in the presence of the Lord, just bit by bit until you began to radiate with the confidence and the joy and the prosperity of the Lord. How healthy our church would stay if we went to God and said, Move me with compassion for people. I want to be compassionate. I want to, I want to be able to see people as you see them, Lord. Think how healthy our church would be if we got on board with, with the outline of this church and say, what can I do? I want to help. I want to do something. I want to be, I want to be a productive member of the church. And lastly, what if we had breakthrough generosity 
so the Lord can open the doors of heaven and bless us far beyond we could bless the church. This is the life that you and I can live and will forever stop the slow erosion of the church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor, you got something? You don't? You don't want to preach next week's message, do you? Sunday's message. <laughs> well, we're going to let you out a little bit early. We're going to let you out a little bit early. Okay, I will do that. So let's, let's stand. Stand. Here's one of the rights. In the Old Testament, you've heard me say this before. In the Old Testament, God told the priest, he said, and this is how you shall bless the people. He didn't mean this is the form you'll use. He was literally saying, if you want to bless them, do this, okay? So as a minister of God's word, and we're all ambassadors, we're all ministers of God's word, so we can all do this. But let me have the privilege of doing this tonight. He said, this is what you should do, and you'll bless them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and put healing in your bones, wisdom in your heart, provision in your house. And may people follow you to the place that you call home church. In Jesus' name, amen.